Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Faith, that's our subject for this week, Colin, and we all know that we don't have enough of it and we have to persevere in faith. You're going to take us to the story of the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 today. Yes, it's it's not um, so much we don't have enough of it because Jesus says you've only got to have faith the size of a mustard seed and you will be able to move mountains. Now, a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny little seed. It, it's not the amount of faith. It's the quality of the faith. It's the kind of faith that genuine faith leads to action. That's what the scripture is saying. Now, the centurion who came to Jesus because his servant was sick um, exhibited such faith that Jesus said, I have not found such faith in Israel. Now, the centurion, of course, was a Roman soldier, was a Gentile. And Jesus is saying, well, I haven't found the quality of faith in the whole of Israel, that would include among his own disciples. So what is it about this centurion that brought forth that kind of response from Jesus? Well, I'm reading today from Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Now, let's pause there. That would be the normal kind of faith that would be presented to Jesus. People would normally come and say, Lord, come and heal. Remember the ruler of the synagogue whose daughter died? Um or was dying, he said to her, you know, come and lay your hand upon her and she will live. Now, that was the normal kind of faith that people were at that time putting in Jesus. Well, if you come, remember even um, Martha and Mary, when Lazarus died, they said, Lord, if only you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. So there was, that, there was that sense that if Jesus was present in a situation and did something, then the problem would be resolved. But the centurion has an altogether different quality of faith. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve you come under my roof, to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, that's another quality of faith, you see. To say, come, and my servant will be healed, is one level of faith, but it's a different quality of faith to say, Lord, you don't even need to come. All you've got to do is to speak. That's good enough. And he says, the centurion says, why he believes that. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers unto me. 
I tell this one, go, and he goes, and to that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. Now, when we think of all the astonishing things that Jesus did, it must have been quite something to make Jesus astonished. But he is astonished at this man. Now, why? All the man has done is talked about authority. That as a soldier, he understood authority, that he could give orders, and those under him would have to obey the orders. But then everybody knew that Jesus was a man of authority. Even his opponents says, you speak with authority. Where did you get this authority from? Who gave you the authority to do these things? So even, even those who opposed him recognized the great authority with which he spoke and acted. But this man, this centurion, understands why Jesus had that authority. He says, for I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. So what the man perceived about Jesus is that he was directly under the authority of God. And he was submitted to the authority of God. So therefore, if he spoke, it would be done. That he only had to issue the order and God would ensure that that order was fulfilled because Jesus lived in this submitted relationship to his Father. And of course, that is in accord with what John tells us about Jesus, that he spoke no words of his own. He, did, he spoke only the words his father gave him to speak. He did no works of his own. He did only the things he saw his father doing. He said, I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So all this does demonstrate that Jesus performed the miracles that he did because really they were the works of the father working through the son. He was so submitted to the Father. He could say the Father and I are one, but because of the need to submit to him during his manhood, he could also say the Father is greater than I. Now, I can just hear people listening to you, Colin, and they're saying, but we've taken authority over situations. In the name of Jesus, we've taken authority, but still nothing has happened. What are we yeah, doing wrong? But, but that, that's, that's not the point. You see, it's not a point of taking authority. First of all, it's a point of being under authority that uh, it's certainly effective to take authority in a situation, but you have to be under the authority of God, submitted to the authority of God. Uh, and when you're in a situation where you've got a real problem that needs to be resolved, the first thing you need to do is to renew your submission to the Lord. You know, there's a sense in which we need to humble ourselves, come before God, yield ourselves afresh to him uh, so that he can demonstrate his lordship, his power and his authority through us in that particular situation. Uh, because, you see, we can only do a thing in the name of Jesus when we are rightly submitted to him. You see, to do something or to say something in the name of Jesus is uh, to do it on his behalf, is to say it on his behalf. 
So if I'm in a situation where I need to act in the name of Jesus, I need to be submitted to Jesus so that he can give me the words to speak, show me what to do, just like with Jesus, so that then I can speak and act in his name, doing what he tells me to do, saying what he tells me to say, and then the outcome will be exactly as God intends. So you see, this this man recognized that was the way that Jesus operated. And so Jesus was astonished. And he said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So what, what, uh, what is this saying to us today? Well, faith is taking Jesus at his word. It is believing that because his, word are, his words are really the words of God, not the words of man, that they have tremendous power, tremendous authority. In other words, the words of Jesus have the power inherent in them to do exactly what those words say. So if I'm in a situation uh, and I, I know I have this witness in my heart, God wants to heal the particular person in front of me, then I can speak in the name of Jesus with the full authority of Jesus because I know the outcome. And that's where we have to tie what we're saying today with what we were talking about yesterday from Hebrews 11 verse 1, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So you see, when Jesus spoke, he was sure and certain of the outcome. Why? Because he was a man of faith. He had to operate in faith in Jesus. A lot of people don't understand that. The centurion understood that. But the way you operate in faith is, is you are in submission to the one who is over you. So he could see that submission in Jesus, and he could see that whatever Jesus said would therefore be done. Just a word about this submission, Colin. How can people be sure that they do have that right attitude, that they are submitted to God? Well, it's a heart thing. And uh, God looks upon our hearts. You see, this is what we always have to remember. It's not the words that God answers. It's the prayer of the heart. God has not, God has not promised to answer words. He's, answered, he, he's promised to answer the prayer of the heart. Um, you know, when he's talking about moving mountains, and we'll be looking at that more tomorrow, he said that when you speak to the mountain, you must believe in your heart, and then it will be moved. So... You see, faith is really a matter not of the head, not actually just of the words you speak, but of the heart. When the words we speak come from the heart, then we believe what we say. When we speak the right words, but they don't come from the heart, then that's what we want to believe, but it's not necessarily what we actually believe. So faith is certainly something that has to begin with the heart, and then we see the outworking of it in the actual circumstances in which we're placed. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 